to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Natasha Falcone. And she is the founder of Falcone Capital, a real estate investment firm specializing in multifamily real estate with a focus on South Florida. And she has experience in a big three counting firm with her responsibilities as a controller and president of a national real estate investment and development company and chairwoman of a Florida-based community bank. And so she definitely understands how investors determine value. And so she's created her business, acquiring class B and C properties with existing cash flow and opportunities for value add improvement. So Natasha, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? Well, thank you so much. And I'm doing wonderful and really happy to be here and participating in this podcast with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no. Thank you, Natasha. It's our pleasure to have you on the show today. And I know we're going to get so much valuable information just through your story and what you're going to share with us today. So definitely appreciate you. Sounds great. I love it. So Natasha, let's start off if you can share with us and give us a little bit more of an insight into you and your background and how you got started with real estate. Sure. Well, I got started in real estate. I started my career as a CPA and I actually worked in the real estate tax department. That's where I learned that real estate was actually even a thing and something that you could do to invest and create wealth. So that's where I learned about it. And I then went to work for a developer, real estate owner, shopping center, multifamily, and different types of asset classes, and started there as the controller and then moved on to be, or ended up being the president of their organization. And a few years ago, I realized that it was time. It was time to create that or begin the journey of creating the generational wealth for my family. And I chose multifamily because I believe that you could really make an impact on other families by investing in multifamily and improving properties, which I'm sure we'll get into a little. But that was pretty much my journey. While you were working as a CPA and for the developers and you know working as a controller for all these other companies, were you also investing in real estate at that same time or were you just working for those companies? So in My first investment was the condo that I lived in when I graduated college. And I actually purchased that because that's what, you know, that's what you did. You bought a home. And then I did buy another condo and another condo, but very far apart, you know, and we're talking about 30 years or 20 plus years of my work life. And I bought three assets. So I knew that it was something that I should be doing. But I never thought about doing it to scale till five years ago. And what, I wish I would have done it sooner. <laughs> but you know, you don't look backwards, right? It, isn't that what you hear from everybody? Oh, I wish I would have started ten years ago. Uh, me too. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> I'm only looking forward. <laughs> I wish my parents started, and then I just, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you mentioned that you really started to scale and look at this more as. Uh, building it up pretty much like starting since like around five years ago or so. So at that point, what 
transitioned you into that? And like, how did you start at that time? That's a good question. I knew I wanted to do real estate, meaning I knew that real estate was the path that I wanted to take. And I was exploring because I had experience or I had knowledge on various asset classes. And I spent a lot of time doing research and meaning research for myself, not necessarily markets, but research on what I would love to do. And I would look at, a, let's say, a little shopping center and I would say, oh, this doesn't feel right to me. Not that it wasn't a good investment. It's just that it wasn't what was going to wake me up in the morning and make me feel great. When I finally decided on multifamily and it happened because I'd renovated a home and I should probably tell you this because this was my like aha moment. I renovated a home and when I found the tenants for that house and they moved in and they were so happy that they were moving into a new place that just, it changed everything for me. And I said, you know, this is what I want to do. And I started looking for areas and I started figuring out what type of assets I wanted to actually invest in. And that's how I basically narrowed down what I do, which is pretty, I mean, it's specifics, B and C class. And in specific areas, in specific areas of South Florida, where we can make a difference in the assets that we buy, improve them, have proactive property management, and have the tenants feel like they're at home. And it's been working. So when you decided to get into multifamily, was that first as a passive investor or an active investor? Active. I look actively and I started off where saying, oh, should I get a, maybe we should look at duplexes or fourplexes. And it ended up being that the first investment was an eight unit that I purchased in actually Miami Beach, Florida. How did you choose Miami Beach? I got lucky in that. So I, it wasn't South Beach. This particular building is in the North area of Miami Beach. And I was actually met someone, a broker that had this listing. And when she showed it to me and I saw the building, I knew that I could turn it into something fabulous. And I knew the market. And so I went for it with a lot of fear, but I went for it. And it's one of my best performing assets right now. Can you share some of the, when you're looking at that investment, what were some of the numbers that you had to calculate as you're looking at this property and whether or not it was going to be a profitable investment for you? So before I... Well, I deep dive into the numbers before I actually even visit the property. And I see if that there's... One of the requirements for me is cash flow and a equity return. So both things, growth and cash flow. So if that kind of pencils out Mm -hmm. casually, then I visit the property and I take a mindset of like, would I live here? Not the way potentially it could look, but could I fix it and would I live here? That's my first criteria. I don't know. (laughs) It's been working. And I take a look at the layouts of the units. And then after those two steps, I go through those two steps. I then start deep diving into what the investment has to be, meaning what the capital has to be put into it, plumbing, electric. And in South Florida, you need storm windows and making sure that there's a good roof. So the standard things and that you would look at, and I run the numbers and make sure that I am cash flowing. I like to look at returns of a minimum of 6% cash on cash right now. 
and anywhere between a 14 to an 18% IRR. So those are the two numbers. And I always work to outperform them, but those are like the minimum that I look for. Got it. And how about in the area itself, when you're looking for the specific markets and the surrounding neighborhood, what are some of the attributes you look for in the neighborhood that would make it a place that you would like to live in? That's a great question. First attribute is the flow of the unit, that it's somewhere where a family, you know, of two or three or four would feel comfortable depending on the size of the unit. Access to the transportation, access to groceries. So few of our properties are within walking distance of a grocery store or a bus service or major employment like the hospitals or major shopping areas. So I look at that as well. Do you typically, when you're looking at those markets, are you driving those markets or also looking at research online too? How do you combine the two to make your decision? I live very near these markets and the properties that we own are about 30 minutes, let's say, with traffic away from me. So I'm very, very familiar with the markets. So I could make a quick decision even before actually driving the market. When I'm driving the market, I'm actually driving it to see what exact street it's on and see if there's something going on there that I may not be aware of. Mm-hmm. Got it. As opposed to not understand. I've lived here basically my whole life, so I understand the market very well. Got it. So then for that first eight unit, was that all on your own or did you also have partners with you for that? That particular building was on my own. I wanted to make sure or do a deal by myself before actually bringing in partners because I have a great deal of experience and and I've done many things, but I have never done them for myself. And I thought that was important for me to do it for myself first before bringing in partners. Got it. And then did you end up managing the property on your own or did you also enlist a property manager to help you run that property? No, I have a team of people. And well, in that particular building at the beginning, I did everything myself, all of it. I mean, not the renovations I hired, but I was extremely hands-on on everything that went on in that particular building. And then as the portfolio grew, then that's when I then now I have a team of people some outsource and some that work with me. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So from the eight units, what did you do after that? Okay, so after the eight units, then I purchased a building in another city here in South Florida. And that one I did on my own as well. And then the next building after, then after that, I purchased three more buildings and those I purchased with partners. Those were syndicated. Got it. So the first two were on your own. Or the first, yeah. yeah, first two were on yeah, your the own. Yeah, the first two were on my own, and then okay. the other three were okay. with partners. 
And then the first two on your own, was it like, um, because you had to do a commercial loans to be able to purchase those or, you know, was it just mainly through savings and what you've accumulated through like working as a CPA and for the developers and as a controller to be able to get those two units? Yes. As far as the savings, we definitely, I would say throughout my career did, was very focused on saving money and the savings is what allowed us to buy and I say us, I'm speaking of me and my husband, that allowed us to buy those first two two properties on our own. And we're talking about 30 plus years of always living below our means. We were very, how should I say this? Let me think. We always knew that we wanted to do something else and we weren't sure what that was. And so we always were very thoughtful about saving money. Got it. So after those two properties, Going into the third property, how did you end up finding your properties and how did you kind of structure that deal? Is it like, do you mention it was like a syndicated property that you guys ended up doing on? Yeah. So my partners, the whole idea, it's twofold for me on having partners. One is because it is important to me that others invest in real estate. And like I mentioned, specifically ladies. And I love when People, like you mentioned, with W-2s want to get started because the truth is, in my opinion, just start. I wish I would have known that I could have invested passively while I was employed because I would have. I just didn't realize that that was something that I could do. And even though I was exposed in the real estate world, but never in the deals, if you will. And I wish I would have known that because I would have. So I would say start. Now, in reference to the question regarding having the partners, for me, it was about getting others to invest with me that also have the mindset that I do on improving the communities we're investing in, as well as wanting to have great returns. So what I did is I put the building under contract and I spoke to friends and I got very lucky that everyone was extremely interested in doing the deal with me. Had your friends and like your network, had they already been educated in the multifamily space or did you also have to share with that and let them know? Because a lot of times this model, not a lot of people know about it. And so it's taking time to just the education part of it is like the big aspect of it. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) No, absolutely. I got excited. Absolutely. (laughs) I think it depends and it's different types of because of the different levels of experience and the different levels of personality. So I spoke at a conference and I received so many wonderful comments about, oh, you know, explain to me what you're doing. How are you doing? My friend Beth Azor had a women's conference and there were a lot of ladies that were interested in finding out about it. And so what ended up happening of this group of ladies that invested in one of my deals, I actually have one of the deals is all lady investors, which I'm really excited about. And some of them had never invested in a deal and they did have a lot of questions, but all great, great questions in the sense that there's, you know, not only interest in growing, interest in learning, but to me, I think it's a responsibility as a sponsor of a deal to absolutely be very open and educate. I think that's part of it. And then there are other investors that are very familiar with how things work and they simply invested. So it was a mix. What was the first step to educating the women who were interested in getting started in investing in real estate and looking at this new model of how to invest? 
I think it's just going through the deal, meaning let's say you have a property and you have the the financials and what the deal looks like and you flow. So you go through the deal like you would with any investor and then you maybe spend a little extra time on certain aspects of it to make sure that you are able to fully have them understand what it is that they're investing in. And then you take their lead. I think you take their lead because different people have different things are important to different people. So you take their lead on what's important to them based on their experiences. What is the, I guess, what was the most common question or the most, yeah, what was the most common question that they typically had as they were getting started in evaluating and looking at the deals? I think in the beginning, a lot of the questions had to do with me, which I recommend to anyone that's investing in real estate to make sure that they know who's the sponsor and what they've done before and how they are as a human being, because that makes all the difference when things are good, things are good. And when things are bad, you want to make sure that you're partnered with the right people. So I got a lot of questions about me and my experience and things of that nature. And then afterwards, after we went through that hurdle, then it was really more about the kind of returns that they were making sure or clarifying that they would be receiving returns on their investment based on the underwriting. There were a lot of questions about that. So is your primary focus now and still in the south and south of Florida for the properties that you're looking for? Yes. I'm investing primarily in Little Havana, which is a section of Miami, and Hialeah. Those are the two areas that I'm focused on in South Florida. Got it. And so as you've been building up your business, building up your real estate investing side of things, what has been the biggest challenge on your end in either finding the deals, finding the investors, operating? What has been the biggest challenge on your end? Finding the deals. For me, I'm in a very competitive market. So finding the deals, there are deals available. They're just, many of them are overpriced, I guess is a way to say it. And it's very hard to find deals that can actually cash flow based on my underwriting. So that's one thing that's difficult. They're out there. It's just a matter of finding them and working hard to get them. And that's on the growing the business. I guess the other part of growing the business, the challenge for me was, when do you start bringing team members on? Because if you're starting at zero, you have zero doors, and then you have five, and then you have eight, and then you have 20, and then you have 40, or you have whatever it is that you have. When do you start bringing people on? And that was very... I'm very hands-on individual. I'm very active in everything that I do. So it was... I have the personality of, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And thinking smart about getting help and having people help me so that I could grow the business was, I don't want to say it was difficult. It was difficult to let go. But when I started to, then things started changing dramatically for me. And I think it's something that happens to many that start from the beginning with zero and then move on, like figuring out when the right time is. And I guess the answer to that question that I gave myself is, you just know, just go do it. If you're talking about it and you're thinking about it, make it happen. And that's what I did. And so what's next for you, Natasha? Well, I would like to continue to grow the portfolio. 
to continue creating awareness about investing in real estate, which you do fabulously through your podcast and letting, (laughs) and letting people know that this is an option passively and actively. There's no wrong way to get into real estate and there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so I think that's what's next for me. And so then how has real estate investing impacted your life, Natasha? Oh, real estate investing has impacted my life because every day is a great day. (laughs) Every day is Friday for me. Every day, I love what I do. I love making an impact in the communities. I love interacting with the investors. Like the whole process of being in real estate has changed my life because I run my life now. I decide what happens with the business, with you know our family, with my time, most of all, with my time. And so that's what's changed for me. And if there's one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started, what would that be? Oh, that I would have started sooner. That's <laughs> <one thing>. <laughs> <laughs> that it's important to start. That fear, I guess I, this is more than one thing, right? That fear is always going to be present, but you just move forward. If you don't over leverage, if you underwrite conservatively, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. So I would say the one of the five things that I just said (laughs) is just continue doing it and don't give up. And then what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Oh, that's a fabulous question. As far as people are concerned, I think kindness and accessibility are two things that are important as a person giving back to others that want to get started. I think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. People want to work with kind people. They want to work with people they enjoy working with so that every day that they're going into the office or they're, you know, working in their real estate or whatever it is, they always want to enjoy working with the people that they're working most closely with. And working with the people and how you handle the tenants and how you deal with others that even want to learn. You know, you can pick up the phone and have a 10 minute conversation with somebody that wants to get into the business. I just think that that's an important part and something that it's important for us to keep giving back. Awesome. I love it. Natasha, and if our listeners also wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing, where's the best place that they can go? Oh, okay. There's a few places. I'm on LinkedIn, Natasha Falcone. I'm on Instagram, which is Nat Falcone. And you can go on my website too, which is falcone-capital.com. And I have a little thing if you sign up that will be sent to you that talks about five steps of investing in real estate. And that can give some insight on to give people ideas on what they should do as well. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Natasha. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com 
and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.